Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be doing episode 10, covering Elantris chapters 28 through 30. Uh, this starts part two of the book at just over halfway through, like physically halfway through the book. We're starting part two. Um, so, as normal, um, I'm Mike. Hello. I'm joined by Craig. Hello. And Tori. Hello, Internet. Uh, and we normally start things out with good thing. Does anyone want to go first? If not, I'd like to do mine. I mean, I think you're you're chomping at the bit there. It's go such a good thing, though. All right, uh, so my good thing this week is a... I'm not sure how to describe it. It is a an animated music video that is a song from a TV show. Um, I'm doing this badly. It is yep. Daffy Duck the Wizard. Uh, comes from a first season episode of the show The Looney Tunes Show. Uh, came out in 2011, and it features... Um, Daffy Duck in basically a, a heavy metal music video that's done kind of heavy metal anime style, um, wherein he does all these like incredibly mundane things, but sort of pretends in his own mind that he's a wizard doing it. And it's, it's the sort of stuff that I feel like most of us do, like... As you approach an automatic door, you you wave your hand and, like, Jedi force push it open. Um, that sort of thing. Yeah? You following me? Anyone with me oh, here? Oh, yeah. Totally follow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the whole thing is really wonderful. And if you guys, if you two haven't watched it yet, I did post it on the Discord last night. I did watch it. And it's so good. Uh, but there's not a whole lot to it. So uh, let's move on. Tori, why don't you go yeah, next? It's a music video. What's that? It's like a it's like a music video. Yeah, but it's Daffy Duck, and he's a wizard. So, Tori. Um, so last night I saw Infinity War, and I would like that to be my good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was it. I was no spoilers or nothing, but it was traumatic. I was traumatized. I mean, go ahead and spoil it. We're that's no, that's how no. we do. No. Okay, sorry. Spoilers are not up. Hold hold on until the second half of the show. You can have a good thing part two this episode. Okay. Where you can just spoil the crap out of it. I've already read a ton of spoilers. I'm I I have none, so I will be removing myself from that conversation. Yeah. So no spoilers, but I, we know it's Infinity War Part One. We've known forever. They've made no secret about how there's going to be an Infinity War Part Two, and it just stops. That's why I'm traumatized. I have to wait for part two. And right up until that minute, it was, it was so good. It was such a good thing. It was, oh my gosh, my employer is the best because they rented out an entire theater and then did $5 tickets on opening night for the employees. Uh, So I, I had a $5 ticket and my husband did not go with me because he was on call, but I took my best friend and her husband, and uh, then I used the rest of my allotment of tickets to buy tickets for my coworker's children because she had, she has five children, and we weren't allowed that many tickets. So that is a large was, number of children, like hundreds of my coworkers with their with their plus ones and. Oh man, it was so fun. It was super fun. And there were so many good action scenes and laugh out loud moments and just the special effects and like the story was so, oh, like they really, Marvel has outdone themselves and, and then it ended. I have to wait for part two. All right. Uh, I, I really feel like my, I could use some sympathy here. You, you have my deepest sympathies. I will be joining you in about a week and a half when I go see it. Okay. But I did look up spoilers, so I know, I know what happens. And I mean, even beyond that, like I've read, I've read a couple of versions of like the Infinity War comics. So what happens isn't much of a surprise. Who it happens to was a little shocking. All right, I, I think I need to call it. Yeah, you guys, no, that's 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 the end. Yeah, so, moving on. Craig, Craig good thing. give us a good thing. Do, do you know? You know what was a good thing? I somehow managed to avoid spoilers until you guys. 
We didn't spoil it. There were zero spoilers. I, 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 I hear the. I can, I can figure it out. I, I hear what you guys are saying. So you spoiled yourself, is what you're saying. I can't help that. My brain just figures things out. All right. Well, once we get to part two, before Tori and I go into go into actual legitimate spoilers, I want to I want to hear really what you think you figured out. No, I'm I'm not going to be a part of that conversation. So, uh, my good thing can be Terraria. It's a fun game. No, nah, <laughs> that one that's weak. Try it again. No, that's fine. You guys had were gushing. That's cool. Okay, well then, tell me about Terraria. Pretend that I haven't played it for you know months on end. And you you know, you know what's really good is that the devs are still doing active development on on that. And they they were man, it's actually come quite a far way now that I'm thinking about it. Not on the 3ds version that my wife owns. Yeah, they're supposed to. I know the mobile version is spent. is supposed to eventually be equal to the PC version. But let, let me talk the PC version, because that's what I come from, and I think it's really well done. When I first played it, I thought it was 2D Minecraft, and I hated it. I Well, I didn't hate it, I just didn't get into it. I mean, it's... So I took a break, came back like a year later, I'm like, well, let me try this game again. And I'm like, I approached it more as an adventure game, uh, rather than a builder. That went over a lot better, because it is more of... I won't, I won't say Metroidvania, but it does have that adventure, you know, fighting bosses. But you have to also collect some some loot and materials as well, which is fine. Right. There's there's definitely but a progression. There is. And, and I, I like that. And it's it's a lot of fun um, playing every now and then. It can get tedious if you constantly build the same structure for your NPCs to live in. But. If you're into building, there's a lot you can do with it as well, especially now. Well, I won't say now, but within the past couple of years when they uh, released the, the most recent update. They did a really good job. So I, it's I like fun. to build it's a, a tower. Adventure. I like to build a tower hotel for my NPCs, just just reaching straight up into the sky. Oh, man. One of my first worlds was actually I built a sky apartment building for all my people because I was worried about invasions and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. And then you opened up hard mode, and you got you got everyone murdered by wyverns over and over and over again. Well, okay, I don't build that high. Learn that one the hard way. (laughs) Okay, but I mean, I would say Terraria is comparable to like a a two D a two D Minecraft, except better in almost every way possible. Minecraft is better at just like the straight up creativity, the the Lego building. But as far as, like, actual gameplay and, you know, having progression, uh, rewarding exploration, Terraria beats it hands down. I mean, I like to call it Minecraft Metroidvania. It's the combination of the two, sort of. So, all right, are we ready to start our chapters? Sure. Well, first I want to say, I'm sorry I spoiled the movie for you, Craig. I wasn't trying to spoil the movie. I didn't think I said anything spoilery. Well, I blame Mike. I'm not sorry. I didn't say anything spoilery. If you worked something out on your own, well, you could have done that without my help. Yeah. I haven't even read a thing. Well, at any rate, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm not sorry. I don't require your forgiveness. If you try to forgive me, I won't accept it. Okay. We're good. Just go. All right. Tori, break it down. Okay. I am reaching for the notebook with my summaries in it. It is under a cat. I also am under a cat. There are four cats here. I am contending with cats. And I, I like how... The dog by reaching for the notebook. And okay, okay, I've got it now. That's like a lot of cats. This is as descriptive as your summary chapters. <laughs> this, this is my life. Okay, chapter 28. And the very first thing I have written here is... OMG Part 2 Get Hype! And now Chapter 28. Having found the card catalog in the secret library, Rayadin is doing some undergrad-level Aeondor research. They did not tell anyone else about the library, and only told Marishi and Saolin about the mysterious lake. Despite all he's learned about Aeonic theory, Rayadin still can't figure out why Aeondor stopped working. And that is the section right there that we need to discuss later when we get to the spoilers, because that was some informative stuff right there. 
Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, by the way. I have I have stuff to talk about. Sayolin interrupts Raiden's studies to explain that he and his soldiers will no longer be able to repel Shayor's men. They're planning an ambush as a last-ditch attempt to stop them, but chances of success are low. We switch to Serene's point of view, briefly and jarringly, as she wonders why Spirit is so nervous. Then, the fight starts. Shayor's men rush the square, wanting food, and Serene realizes that not only has Rayadin been keeping people back from her handouts, he's also been taking extra for his followers. Rayadin confirms her accusations. After she leaves, Rayadin finds Salen dreadfully injured, now a hoeed. Salen repeats, failed, my lord spirit, failed, failed, failed. Chapter 29 Serene cries, disappointed by Spirit's betrayal. The nobility will certainly turn on the Elantrians now. As her carriage leaves Elantris, she passes Ayadin's soldiers heading that way, and she knows they mean to slaughter them. She hurries to the king's chambers, where she forces her way in and shouts at Ayadin, threatening to tell the whole kingdom it was her who saved him from financial ruin with her father's trade treaties, unless he calls off the guards. Ayadin gives in. She returns to Elantris to make sure the soldiers comply, and from the top of the wall she can see Spirit down below, mourning one of his fallen companions. She's disappointed she never really knew him. She goes to her uncle Kyine's house, seeking the comfort of family. They're relieved she's alright, and ask her if she really yelled at the king, as apparently everyone in the castle heard it. But then Shudin arrives and says someone unexpected was taken by the Sheod last night. Chapter 30 Surprise, it was Raithen. The Karafi priests escort him to Elantris and cast him inside. Raithen kneels by the gate and begins loudly praying to Yadith to heal him. And that chapter was only one page long. Seriously, one page. So I do like how it was a bit of a... The the whole transition from Serene's chapter to Raithen is like a, a TV... Uh, it's like a, a TV show. Uh, it's, <laughs> that specific trope is called a Gilligan cut. Uh, okay, yeah. Sure. Um, so, one quick thing is, in chapter 28, we have our second break from the triad, um, mm. where it shifts from Rayodin's to Serene's point of view, and then back. Yeah, and as I said in my summary, that was really... That, that really took me out of the moment. I, I don't know that it was really necessary to change point of view right there in that particular spot. Instead of just, like, ending the chapter? No, it's a very brief switch to her point of view. Um, just long enough for her to notice that oh, Spirit seems nervous about something. He said something might happen, but nothing seems to have happened. Like, they get the food all handed out and nothing happens, and then the yelling starts. Like, Yeah, Yeah, it's it's about a page long. Yeah, and I really feel like we could have got that done in Rayadin's point of view. It was such a brief interlude. Yeah. I think Sanderson was just trying to, to get a little bit of Serene's like perspective on Spirit before you know they would part ways, essentially. And and considering how Serene's chapter begins with her outside of Elantris... Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it it was probably just a, we need to get a a little something of her perspective before they cut it. And rather than having yet another triad and throwing in a Harithan chapter somewhere in the middle that just didn't fit, do it this way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, one thing from the annotations that uh, I would like to discuss for a short amount of time here is the the term square peg. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Brandon, uh, in being let go from his, one of his first jobs, uh, was described as a square peg, uh, really? because, and this is a, not an exact quote because I don't, I didn't like write it down or anything, but, uh, creative types apparently don't do well as librarians. <laughs> Tori, what? What, what do you think of that? I... Wow. Yeah. In the words of Shalandavar, I am a fend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a really good scene. But yeah. It was. I loved it. But um 
No, I I consider myself a very creative type, and I am a. I'm, pardon me, but I'm a kick-ass librarian. I am. I am amazing. I have the performance reviews that say so. Apparently, they actually appreciate creative types. Then, well, I mean, uh, maybe I guess... you have to be a children's librarian for that to be appreciated. I could see them not appreciating you getting all creative with. Hey, I've just edited the Dewey Decimal System to make it a little more hip and modern. Like, that doesn't <laughs> work out. Nobody likes that. Like, there's been some debate lately. No, really, because bookstores don't use the Dewey Decimal System. They organize things by topic. And that's how people shop at bookstores. And some libraries thought that it would be good to organize the library that way. No, that's a mess. That's terrible. That you just... Cataloging is important. So the the nice thing about cataloging is that it should be so easy to look things up now. It's not like we have to use a card catalog anymore. Absolutely. Uh, see, when people come to my library and they say, do you have any books about fill in the blank? Like, do you have any books about snakes? Do you have any books about cars? Like, I don't even look in the catalog because I have those Dewey numbers memorized. I say, yes, they're on this shelf over here. And if it's a question like, do you have any books about estate planning? Or do you have any books about business taxes? Well, I don't know if we do, but I can easily look up where they would be in the Dewey Decimal System and walk over to that shelf. Like, that's easier than searching the catalog to see if my particular branch in my giant library system has those topics. So anyway, yeah, I've just proven that I'm a kick-ass librarian. So, um, okay, but I read this book once and it has a red cover and I don't remember what it was called, but the ex-wife did it. You know what? We actually have databases and things that help you find those. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm serious. There are, there are websites and, and like, because we get that question all the time. Like, I don't remember the title or the author, but there was a dog on the cover and there was a little girl. And I can say, oh, you're thinking of Because of Winn-Dixie. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping that, like, the descriptions of people, like, or the descriptions that people give are better than what I just did. No, sometimes that is what we get. <laughs> and we are still able to find the book. We have ways to do it. Like, like I, I may question you further, like, um... Okay, I'm, I, I found one here, and it says, you know, here's the summary. Does that sound right? And, like, sometimes it takes a while. But my system, and I know other library systems also, have dedicated research teams that, like, if I get stumped, I can contact the research team and say, hey, I have a patron here who's looking for a biography of um, Byron and Shelley, and he says he read it like 10 years ago, so it has to be at least that old. And he thinks the author had a French name. And I'm, I'm coming up blank. So what have you got? And there's this crack team of librarians that will jump right in and look that stuff up and get back to us. And we did find that biography that the man was thinking of. It was actually like 50 years old. Okay. Uh, so since you mentioned the phrase crack team of librarians... I'm picturing librarians in, like, sweater vests and glasses on chains and SWAT gear. (laughs) Clearly, you need SWAT gear to look for books. Please don't ever tell me I'm wrong. We do have some librarians that do the sweater vest and glasses on chains thing. Uh, But we also have a number of them that have, for example, hot pink hair or are covered in tattoos. Um... You're destroying our reality. Well, no. I can still imagine all of that with with SWAT gear. Just don't tell me that there's no SWAT gear. I will not tell you that. Thank you. There are several librarians that enjoy using costumes during their programming. And I I think we actually have a set of SWAT gear in the system somewhere. That's the best news I've heard all day. (laughs) So, So, all right. um, we are running into an issue where these are very, very short chapters. Yes. And as the book prog- progresses, they are going to get shorter. Probably not shorter than Hraithan's chapter in this triad, because that was a page. It's very avalanche-y. Um, but yes, as, as things continue, uh, the pace is going to pick up, and the sections are going to get shorter. Um, 
So do we want to call it here and switch over to spoilers already, even though we're only about 20 minutes in? I mean, that's just the way it is. If we don't have anything else to talk about. Like, does anyone have anything else? Non-spoilery? Not non-spoilering. I mean, we could talk about the Aeon Door thing that I was going to point out, but I think it'll be better if it's spoilery. Yeah, I don't have much to say on that without getting into stuff. So Okay, so spoilers. Alright, Craig, put the oh, thing up. Okay, we're in spoiler territory now. Okay, um, so yeah. So I actually want to really talk about, like, basically the second page of Raiden's chapter, because that is so much good stuff there. So much. Indeed. Um, so... The first thing I would like to, to talk about is that the least, like, the simplest book he could find on Aeon Door was still super complicated. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing all of the, like, actual entry-level primers were in the main library and got eaten. He, he's in the advanced section. Right. Like, I'm actually guessing that, that this is, this was maybe, like, one person's sort of secret stash. Okay. Um, you know, pre-Rio, so... I mean, it makes sense, then, that we wouldn't hear about why... Like, like the basics of how Aeondor actually works, and what the what the different Aeons actually mean, because that that's basics. That's basic information. You don't need that in the advanced section, where you're talking about the lengths of certain lines to tweak certain equations to get certain effects. Right. I mean, when you're... When you're taking, like, a 400-level college literature course, you don't have D is for dog sure. anywhere in there. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I would liken it more to an advanced sciences book, you know? Like, the the apocalypse happened, the zombie apocalypse happened, and, you know, everybody got eaten, uh, including all of the geneticists and the the... CDC workers who would be coming up with a cure, and now the the only library of medical books left is the one that was in the uh, climate-controlled, airlocked CDC center that's, um, yeah, they're not going to have the basic earth science textbook from middle school, you know. Like, blood is made up of cells, and yeah. our body is made up of cells. They're going to be past all that. Yep. Um... So, what else do we have? So, I'm going to talk about this if you guys want. Yes, please. Okay. okay. One of the first things that really stood out to me, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I'm sort of going to go, like, paragraph by paragraph, but whatever. I really want to talk about how he mentioned he was reading the, the theories behind how the door actually works. And I'm actually going to say this might be for all of investiture. But there were words like frequency and pulse length. And then I want to remind you guys that there's a theory that Investor on Roshar might be music-based. Which, again, based on frequencies, sound waves, that sort of thing. I'm actually wondering if all of Investor falls under some type of different waves. Light. I mean, we've seen light weaving. Right. Right. Um, so, so frequency and pulse length are also um, bronze-burning terms for allomancy. Yeah. Right. Like the different the different metals yeah, that get burned yeah. uh, give off different different you know frequencies and pulse lengths, and like that's how you tell the difference between them. So every piece of investiture that we've seen has been likened in some way two waves. Yeah, there there is some sort of musical component to everything we've seen thus far. And I think that's really important. In, that's, in that's a couple, why I wanted to In a couple that. of cases, it's a bit of a stretch. Like, Aeon Door, I mean, that's... There's a big stretch there, because there's nothing inherently musical about any of this. We just have this one little section. No, no, that... it doesn't have to be musical, though. It's... it's uh, the, Waves make up a lot of things. It's not just sound waves. It could be you know, light waves of different things. Well, I'm and getting, that's what I'm, I'm getting the impression of Aeon Door, is a, more light rather than sound. Okay. Um, but that would make Aeon Door, like, the outlier, because uh, we have, for Biochroma, 
Um, once you get up to a certain point, you have perfect pitch. That's just yes. one of the things that's granted. That's a fairly early one, too. Um, as, as mentioned before, for uh, Allomancy, burning bronze, you get, you know, you get, you get, you basically hear drum beats from, like, different other metals being burned. And then, I mean, Roshar is, Roshar is just, just chock full of it. And, so the know, thing is, I'm, what I'm trying to say is don't separate the two. Light and sound, they're all waves. So it shouldn't matter that it's not specifically mentioned as sound within the, this, the Elantris, uh, in, within the book itself. But it's the fact that it's tra- it, it's sent through waves. It has a waveform of some kind. That, I think, is the important part. Regardless of what it is and how people might interpret it. That's what I was going to say. Is like It, it could just be how people are interpreting it. Because we're talking about something that we as humans in real life on Earth have no comparison to. Like, it, it could be, it could be another sense altogether. There's, you, you know, seeing, hearing, tasting, feeling, and whatever the, the other sense that you use to, to feel and interact with magic is. We have no way to describe that. So it could be that Sanderson is comparing it to light and sound. Just, okay. Um, counterpoints then where are excuse me one second where are the examples of this nature for sand mastery for um, whatever's going on on threnody for a sixth of the dusk like what the stuff in that planet for a lot of these we don't know how investiture works just yet so it's hard to say, but it also took us a while to get into the Roshar's system. Um, like, it wasn't until Oathbringer that I really started noticing the musical influences. I mean, sure. But the, if, you, um, if you go back and reread, like, Way of Kings, there's stuff there. Yeah, sure. Excuse me, keep talking. Someone's at my door. Hang on. Okay. So, it, it's... It's more that and maybe a reread of those different stories that you mentioned might reveal more. But I think it's it's sort of the, the case where if you don't know what you're looking for, you might miss it. Except that I'm pretty sure I've reread, at the very least, um, Shadows for Silence and Six of the Dusk. Since you okay. originally pointed me at this this theory and I didn't see anything there. And maybe you won't. That doesn't mean it doesn't debunk the theory just because we don't see something. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to debunk. I'm just sort of, I guess, devil's advocating here, I guess. I, I, I'm just saying it's a case of interest. The fact that we have multiple different investiture systems, yet all mentioning some type of wave. Sound, be it sound or light or scientifically defined as a wave. Okay. I mean... I that's guess. a lot. I mean, point, point I don't in know favor, if that's all of investiture. I point in favor for at least Roshar, not that Roshar needs any more because there's so much musically going on there, is uh, the the super horses. What are they called? The, um, ro- 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 shoot. Begins with an R, doesn't it? I don't remember. It's like, ro- shoot. Rashadium. Yeah, 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 that's it. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but Reshadium? The horses? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. I mean, you're an audiobook person, so if if pronunciation is going to be a thing, it's got to come from you. Uh, Anyway, uh, those out in the wild, and I don't remember what book we see this in. It it was either Way of Kings, or not Way of Kings, um, Words of Radiance or Oathbringer. I think it was Words of Radiance, because I... I, I obviously I miss stuff because I just got back. But if you're talking about when they allude to the horses being musically inclined, then they do mention that in Words of Radiance. Yeah, the the wild Rashadium running around, followed by music spren. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which? How is Oathbringer coming along, Tori? Uh, it's not because I'm out of Audible credits, and because my husband was reading a series, and uh, oh. Okay. So, um, 
I mean, I'm I'm not worried about you being caught up by the time we get there. Right, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you only are. have about five years to go. Yeah, like you're you're good. Like it'll be it'll be nice once you are caught up, so that so that you'll be yes, I guess it, more it will on definitely help with discussions. More on the page with this because Oathbringer did have a lot of of like big reveals. I really do need to reread that just because I'm, there's so much information. I'm getting there. I'm like halfway through Way of Kings again. And I think I want to do Way of Kings and then Warbreaker again. Because Warbreaker really, on reflection, really feels like Stormlight 1.5. I really liked Warbreaker. Really, really. Like, I still it, think it's, it stands on its own. Uh, yeah, no, like, it's, it stands on its own fire. Like, the fact that we have Vasher and Vivina and Nightblood, it's like, there's a lot. It's... It's almost, I can see what you're saying, it's almost like a prequel to Stormlight Archives. Coming to um, Stormlight, you know, having read these books in order, I was really thrilled when Nightblood turned up. Like, oh, I recognize this sword, yes. Oh, man. Um, Yes. You you are going to... I can picture how, is someone reading Stormlight who hasn't read all of this stuff, they're missing out. It's like, oh, it's a talking sword. I got chills! When I read Words of Radiance, and that was, like, right near the end, I'm like, I had to stop. I had chills, and I'm like, this is blowing my mind. He's actually doing it. I can see it. There, there, there's my blood! Uh, so, so, Tori, some yeah. of my favorite sections of Oathbringer, and this is saying something because the whole book is amazing, sans the boring bits in Part 4 that are, like, Cosmere important, but didn't really progress the story very well anyway. Some of my favorite bits of Oathbringer were um, Seth and Nightblood doing their thing together. I don't want to spoil you too much. I know this is the spoiler <laughs> section, but those were those were very, very good segments. And if you were excited about seeing Nightblood just from the end of Words of Radiance, you are going to freaking love those bits in Oathbringer. I guarantee it. Okay. So, something to look forward to and then yell at Matt about for stealing all of your audible credits right <laughs> I, I just i just feel like i really like nightblood is kind of like my spirit animal <laughs> like, <laughs> no for because you've got this this amazing all-powerful sword who gets a little confused about the details like we need you to destroy evil and then get it totally wrong just because he he needs his terms defined you know, like yep it's a metal <laughs> object that doesn't understand evil. Good luck. Yeah. All right. So, like, back to Warbringer being uh, Storm Warbreaker. Sorry. Thank you. Being uh, the Stormlight. Pre- being Stormlight one point five. Um. So you don't need to read it before Way of Kings. There's there's no connection between the two there. It's a good idea to read it before you do Words of Radiance, so that you can catch, you know, Vasher and Nightblood and understand what those mean. In between Words of Radiance and Oathbringer, you have um, Edge Dancer, mm-hmm. which is is functionally Stormlight 2.5. So I feel like we're going to get another something that's intended to go in between Oathbringer and whatever Book Four ends up being. And I just I just see like a a cycle of there being something that you should read in between each of these books that isn't necessarily part of the main series. We know it's not Mistborn Era 2, because Mistborn Era 2 is in the future. Right. Mistborn Era 2 happens sometime after Stormlight Segment 1. Because there's supposed to be, like, a bit of a time jump between, like, the first five books and the last five books. Yeah, but I think it's only, like, supposed to be 40 years or something like that, from what I've heard. Yeah, something like that, but, I mean, obviously we don't have confirmed details until it actually happens so it it could be anything it could be you know 3000 years i don't know probably not i mean i know people of uh the um what's it called why am i scadriel they're going to have faster than light travel somehow they will actually have ftl whereas other planets and other forms of investor might use other ways to travel around. I'm looking forward for people to meet. That's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, six of the dusk. 
yeah, some, something's it's, up there. I mean, current theory, current best theory is that the 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 sky people from Six of the Dusk are Scadralians, which is the best I term. I didn't get that impression though. I mean, we don't really interact that. with them, so there's no there's no, no confirmation know, either way. But um, Scadrail but... is the only like we've gotten confirmation that Six of the Dusk is the furthest forward timeline wise story that we've seen. Right, we, but we know I... that that. Scadrial is going to be home to a number of of series set in different time periods, including a sci-fi futury one. Yes. So it's it's not a huge logical leap then to guess that people who came down to a planet in a spaceship from the sky are the people that we know will eventually get spaceships. So one one quick point though, my impression, and maybe again I need to reread. It was a while ago. But my impression was that these people from the sky were actually from a different planet in the system and not actually from a completely different solar system. I mean, that's also possible. There's there's a ton of possibilities. Maybe Roshar developed space travel, you know, after after the events of Stormlight. We don't know. I'm, I'm picturing a rocket sprint. <laughs> <laughs> there absolutely are rocket spread. They just don't show up yet because nobody has figured out rocketry. It's true. Uh, there's a sprint for everything. Yep. Except, and I've just actually reread a couple of sections last night and this morning in Way of Kings. So the 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 apprentice trader. Yeah, yeah. Um, who goes to Shinovar with her master. Right. She notes that there are no visible spren. Yes. They so, don't manifest in that location. Which makes Shinovar, like, extra double weird. And that's, best of my knowledge, that is the only, that's the only, like, on-screen bit of Shinovar we have ever seen. In, in three books and a short story. I, you know, and that brings up a point. I do want to see, I want to see more there, because I feel like that's important. It's, I mean, given what we learn in Oathbringer, it's, uh, ad- absolutely it's important. Yeah. Um, and then but there I was... Think, you know what, that sort of reminds me of Aeon Dor in a way, how it, it manifests its, itself in certain ways in the physical realm, based on location. Like, it, it's... It's the door, you know, over in the Elantris region, and yet you have to have your bones shaped in Fjordal, and you have soul stamping in um, Maypon. Thank you. So, not not of course. There's there's a reason that's the case for Andor, but it just sort of it it, it has I feel like some similarities where these spren oh. will only manifest themselves in certain locations, and when it comes to Shinovar, it's like there's a reason. It doesn't manifest from the uh, cognitive realm to the physical there. Wouldn't it be because you don't get the storms there? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but in that same scene where the trader apprentice goes there, doesn't she talk about how the storms don't happen there? Right, right. Am I think that? So, and the storms are related to the magic, so... Wouldn't that be why there's no sprint? I'm just, I'm, that's just shot. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't feel like we have enough information. That's that's definitely a good theory and something I will keep in mind once we have literally anything besides this one, like, six-page short story of an interlude to go on. Um, I had something else. Oh, so one of the big reveals in Oathbringer is that humans aren't from Roshar. Surprise, surprise. Right. Uh, but that they are, in fact, space refugees from Ashen. Was it Ashen or was it Braze? I don't remember anymore. Okay, well, there are three habit- habitable, air quotes, planets in the Roshar system. There's Ashen, there's Braze, and there's Roshar. Most of what we see takes place on Roshar. Um, humans were apparently originally from a diff- one of these other two planets, and they just wrecked 
everything with surge binding there and had to evacuate. Um, and they came to Roshar. Real quick, I yeah. just decided to look up Braze. Okay. And apparently, according to Chris, Braze is has many Sprin living there. Okay. So I think that might be an argument for that's not the reason Sprint pop up in Shinovar, because why would they be on Braze? But but they do reveal themselves more based on the Vestager, and that's where Odium is. Right. Um, Braze is also where the Heralds used to go to be tortured until they couldn't take it anymore and started a new desolation. So maybe it's the Sprint there that, that we're doing oh. the torturing? Yo, Ashen is where the humans come from, and okay. there's actually a book called The Silence Divine that will be set there. Neat. Which um, is so a published cosmic novel. I'm wondering then, as a result of this, since we haven't really seen any surge binding that would, I think, cause destruction to the point where a planet has to be evacuated... I'm wondering yeah. if surge binding didn't change when humans came over and then switched allegiance from odium to honor. Maybe we have seen the um the unmade though and they seem to be quite destructive. Right, maybe, but those are Maybe they're not from well they they sort of are from odium but what if it it's related to them? I mean maybe Again, I feel like we need to. Scratch. We definitely need to know more about any of this to to do anything oh, with oh. it. But. Apparently, according to Coppermind again, because this is good good information, uh, they were driven to Roshar after the use of Dawn Shards. Dawn Shards are some sort of ancient magical weapon, powerful enough to destroy a whole planet. Okay, I don't. We've we've seen mention of those, but we haven't actually gotten any, literally any details on them. Uh, there's a lot of references in this Coppermine entry, because that's what they do. They reference the heck out of these things. And it's mostly from the actual books. It's not even word of Brandon's. Hmm. So this is good stuff. I'm going to link it, actually, into our Discord. Yeah, I'll check that out after. Um, okay. Are we done with Elantris-based and then also tangent-based stuff? Because I did have one more thing I wanted no, to No, 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 I have more. Okay. Well, I have more about Elantris. Go, go, go. So another thing that I thought was neat when they were talking about the description of the door is how it likes to move from high pressure to low pressure, or high concentration to low concentration, which just reminded me of weather patterns. Like, it's a, it's like a storm. It goes to low pressure. And, you know, thunder and lightning. Very, very It made me think of me. entropy. Galileo. Oh. Galileo. That was my favorite part of physics class was entropy. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. So yeah, I feel like I feel like a surge binder from Roshar would do very well in the cognitive realm of um cell. Oh my gosh, yes. Like they'd just like, be in on all such great shape. And almost anyone else would be in very, very bad shape. What about um uh, Vasher. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I think it depends on how he can actually use. Yeah, I don't feel like I understand the interaction between Stormlight and Breath yet, and I feel like I'm going to get a better grasp on that by rereading Oathbringer, and I'll get there. But right now, I just I don't feel like I understand it. Right. Well enough. Well enough. Whereas like... we know a Surge Bider can directly like, infuse themselves with investiture. Right. Um, you don't need fancy metal. You don't need breath, sort of. I, I feel like there's a lot of similarity there between breath and stormlight. I mean, there's supposed to be, and that's, I guess, supposed to be part of what drew Vasher and then, I guess, sort of Vivenna from, you know, um, name of planet of Warbreaker. Malthus? Nalthus oh. okay. to to Roshar was, I guess, the similarities in how they function between Breath and Stormlight. But, again, I just... I'm fairly certain it's not Vasher's first time there, either. I mean, it might be, it might not. Uh, well, there's, there's the whole idea of where Nightblood comes from and how it's essentially 
supposed to be like the um, char blade. It's a robo sprint. Or uh, honor blade, sorry. Yes, a robo sprint, sure. No, that's, that's, I, there was like a word of Brandon or something on it. Like, I looked this up while I was reading Oathbringer. And, yeah, like, so the people on Nalthus um, have interacted in the past with, um, with Surge Binders from, from Roshar. Uh, now, there are two ways that this could happen. Either the timeline is way more screwy than we thought, or Agreed. or the the one surviving um, group of surge binders that didn't break apart in the recreants uh, did some traveling and hopping around, and so the five scholars on Nalthus got to meet and study some stuff, and then decided to try to make their own version. And I feel like that second one is a lot more likely. Yeah, I'm getting a different impression, though. Not just, hey, let's study it and take it. I feel like the five scholars might be from different planets completely. Hmm. Like, may- maybe maybe some are, like, maybe there's at least one that was from Roshar. Someone else was from Nalthus and someone else was from, you know, and they came together. Like, there's no indication that they necessarily all were from or in Nalthus. But I don't feel like there was any indication that they weren't. No, I, that, all I'm saying is I think there's a possibility that they might not necessarily be native to that planet. Okay. Just, we only ever interact with two of them. Technically three, but he's a zombie at that point, so I don't think he counts. Um, and they're kind of busy with their own stuff. Sure. So, and, and Vasher's just kind of a jerk, so he doesn't really talk about himself. Ever. I mean, one indication is the way Vasher talks, especially when we see him in Stormlight Archives, because he uses so such colorful language. But yes. bump. <laughs> and he str- while well, he struggles with it, which sort of an indication that he is used to the language of Nalthus. Uh, I feel like that's an indication that he's actually from Nalthus, like right, you know, exactly, like, like we assume. But and... as we as we mentioned, there's five of them. Maybe Vashers and Denth are the one from from uh, Nalthus, and the others might not necessarily be so. I don't know. I would almost feel like Denth would be the one who wouldn't be if any of them weren't, because the rest Maybe. have, like, hey, they have that same, you know, basic Nalthus naming scheme. If uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's Maybe there's Yesteel and Arsteel, who if they're from if they're not from Nalthus, then they're definitely from the same place. Sure. Shoshana, which, I mean, that sounds fairly Nalthian to me. I've decided that Nalthian is totally the word for people from Nalthus. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I think so. Um, But then, like, Vasher and Denth, they don't really fit that same naming scheme. Except that. Keep in mind their names are all. They collect names. It's not like. Oh, yeah. Holy crap, they do. Like, Vasher. Vasher, I'm pretty sure, has a good dozen names to him at this point, which really threw me off on on Roshar that he's going by a different name. Who on Roshar would even know him that he would need to go by a different name? Lavina. Although she wasn't there at the time as far as we know. Yeah, we don't we don't know when she arrived, but then and again, it could just be a translation thing. Maybe Vasher just doesn't make sense as a name on Roshar, so he had to go by a different name. Like, it's just so, such an absurd name to their ears that it just wouldn't make sense. So he tried to, you know, pick something that I guess would be not common, but an actual name. I mean, guy's hundreds of years old and apparently has the power to travel between worlds. He, He might have amassed some enemies over the years that he wants to lie low from, you know? I mean, true. Although, traveling between worlds in the Cosmere isn't that complicated if you know how to do it. Like, well, if that was true, everybody would do it. This talk just I mean, makes me... A lot of people know, are. Makes me want to know about the creation of Nightblood. Because I feel like if we actually got a bit of that, we'd get a lot of this information. I can't wait till we start doing episodes about Warbreaker. Because I'm, I really I'm definitely excited about that. But I could we talk need... about it a lot. We need to get first through Elantris and then through three Mistborns. 
Really? We have to get through... Well, I do love Mistborn as well, so it's okay. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm doing the audiobooks of, of the of the original Mistborn trilogy right now, and I'm, I'm still at the beginning of uh, Will of Ascension, and um, I'm also in a couple of, like, or I'm also in, like, a Facebook group for uh, Cosmere fans, and... There were some people talking about how, like, Well of Ascension is is by far the slowest of the Mistborn books, and yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm I'm being reminded listening to this of all the really freaking sweet plot lines that I loved from this book. I mean, I would say there's a couple of slow parts in Mistborn that I don't necessarily look forward to rereading, but overall, it's it's really good. Um, but back to Atlantis real quick. I did want to do a side comment. I forgot I wanted to say. I felt serene bullying. Uh, I don't. I'm gonna say his name. Say it. I don't. I don't. Sure. Um, bullying him like that felt a little off to me. It felt a little weak. Not weak as in the way she is, but more. Why did that work? Um, that actually gets touched on in the annotations. Um, Brandon was actually talked about how. He had hoped that he had things set up um, such that that scene would work for people. Um, not only that it would be a believable action for Serene at that point, but also that um, it would work on Iadon because he is, you know, paranoid and a very weak king and, you know, very worried about his outward appearance. Sure. So... If Again, didn't... I think this is something that comes uh, as he becomes a more experienced writer that you don't really get those types of situations. Oh, it's I mean, handled better in the future. I mean, definitely. And I mean, one of the things that I'm enjoying seeing in Elantris with this is like all of the characters and themes and ideas and concepts that he tries in Elantris. And then like we get to see them reused in in some way later on in the in the series like um in elantris he talks about you know the the this new peasant class who who won't possibly stand for being beaten down forever and will revolt and then we get mistborn where we have a peasant class who has been beaten down for a thousand years (laughs) yeah so and i also appreciated the mention of uh, Adians just talking about the steps to Lantris, which I know is important later as a as a device. And maybe, I mean, yeah, it's sort of a just it's just a device used later on. Like, oh, and he knows the exact distance that you need to get to Teod or whatever it is that he does. Mm-hmm. That's just and, a little Chekhov's gun there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I appreciate it all the same that I read it, and I'm like, hey, cool, I know what that means. So yeah, basically, um, I'm just, I still dislike Elantris. I mean, I like Elantris, but I dislike that it is, it is by far like the weakest book of the, of yeah. the Cosmere. But, but luck. huh? I was going to say, you can still enjoy it. Right. No, it's, it's still very good. And I see pieces of this in literally every other thing in the Cosmere. Like, I think almost the least of which would probably be Warbreaker. Hmm. But I mean, we still get, you know, we still get some some super princess power. So I don't know. So for for the door for the for the investiture here, uh, I do like the explicit mention of how exactly it works, and it actually needs a gate of a proper size and shape to exit, which of course is their issue because nothing works anymore. I mean, they explicitly mention it here in this chapter, but it also helps us to see how it's trying to use the Elantrans themselves as a, as a exit point. Like you have to use it or it builds up type issue, but it does sort of help explain why it doesn't just go through the well, uh, through the shard pool that that's there. Cause it's not, it doesn't, it's, it's not the shape for it. It's not the sort of thing it's attracted to as an exit. It likes, the aeons for whatever reason well probably because the geography of the location 
Right. It needs it needes a simplistic a, 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 a design that is a simplification of the geographical region. It it needs a physical map. It's like you are here. It's it's an actual map. It needs to look up Google Maps to know where it is. <laughs> yeah, right. That tracks. <laughs> the All door right. is over there, like recalculating. <laughs> oh my god, it's been recalculating for the past ten years. Come on. So I did want to talk about big dumb fights in this episode, oh, okay. but I think I can push it until next week because we're hitting an hour. Okay. So anybody well, else? I sort of. I don't. I I dominated the conversation, so I apologize for that. No, no you had good stuff to say. Uh, so final thoughts, Tori. Um, good chapters. <laughs> All right, Craig. Things are starting to pick up. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't have a final thought, but yeah, things are going faster. We may want to consider switching to six chapters a week now that things are going faster and the chapters are shorter. But I don't know. That might be something to discuss with with new Seth uh, once we get yeah. once he gets caught up. Well, I feel like if they get any shorter than what we just did, definitely. I mean, we talked for an hour about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, real quick. Craig. Yes. Okay. What Infinity War thing do you think you figured no, out? No, no. We're not talking about I, Infinity I will be muting myself if you no. want to discuss this. No, 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 no. I, I'm not Very saying that, that Tori or I so say anything. Final Fantasy Record Keeper. So, like, let's not talk about Infinity War. Well, <laughs> hang on, though. I, I want to know what he thinks he figured out. Here, here's what we will do. Oh, yes, when I... yes. What do you think you figured out? Do tell us. We're no. going to spare We're going to not say anything. Tell us what you think you figured out. No. Uh, here's what I'll do. When I go to see Infinity War, I'll tell you if I'm right or wrong. I don't have specifics because you, you were vague. I just get this impression that someone dies. Okay? okay. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just that is... The impression you gave me, and maybe I'm completely wrong, in which case you get to smirk and enjoy my reaction when I finally go see the movie. All right. Although I do have a question. Do I have to see... I have not seen Thor Ragnarok or uh, Black Panther. Um, it would help well, if you had seen both of them, yes. Particularly Thor Ragnarok. Uh, well, which, I could do that if I can get access to it. I can go That's see a really fun one. movie and you're missing out. I mean, they're both Black they're Panther, both amazing. I also enjoy Black Panther, but I'm gonna say you you could skip Black Panther before seeing Infinity War if you're coming into it straight from Avengers Civil War. You know, like yeah. or Captain America Civil War. What? Whatever. It was basically an Avengers movie. Um, <laughs> it pretty much was a lot better than Avengers too. I did not like that. Yeah, I agree. But if you're coming straight into it from Civil War, y you know enough about Black Panther, too. Yeah. All, all you need to know is that Wakanda is a cool place with really advanced technology, and there are some great characters there that you get to meet in the Black Panther movie, but they still kick ass in the new Avengers movies. So if you, if you only have time to watch one of them, watch for Ragnarok. So my thing is, I'm really bad when it comes to movies, as in... It's when in movie theaters. I mean, I don't have the luxury of five dollar movie nights, mm -hmm. uh, let alone scheduling to watch any of these movies. So I typically forget they're in theater mm -hmm. and then I'd never watch it until we own it. And the th same thing happened with Avengers one and two or sorry, the. um. Let me correct that. I never saw Avengers one until I purchased it and I never saw any of phase two of Marvel until we bought the whole collection, and then I was able to watch through all of them. Except I did see Ant Man in the theater. Holy wow. crap, dude! Yes, I'm the really one. Bad the one movie that. of Phase Two that that you really didn't need to see in a theater. What? <laughs> yes, exactly. So we were doing a little better with Phase Three, except not at all because we didn't see any of these in the theater, did we? Huh? Wow. Well, sorry. Well, 
Thor right. Ragnarok is out, and you could go and acquire the DVD, and you could watch it. And sure. Black Panther uh, comes out. Um, I know. I know. Digitally, it comes out like May eighth. I think. I don't. I don't know about the DVD, but we'll give Honestly. it like give it like a week or two after that, and then and then. But you should get Thor Ragnarok on Blu-ray, so that after you watch it once, you can watch it again with director's commentary, which was my good thing from like a month oh, ago. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to go see Ready Player One first before I go see um, Infinity War. But well, why are you getting on to us for spoiling it for you when you're not even going to go see it? In the- I'm going to see it eventually. I don't want to spoil the story for me. If if you would like, you can take a road trip, you and the wife, and come up to come up to visit me in the place that I live. That you know where I live, and I'm not saying um, it on the podcast. Yeah. And then we can watch Thor Ragnarok in my home, and you're welcome to join us. Uh, I actually want to talk to you offline. Okay. Then, anything else? Anyone else? I saw a gardener snake in my lawn today. Neat. <laughs> Alright, ending the podcast. Bye, okay. everybody. Good night, internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.